G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, you have been hearing a lot of people say that there'll be no consequences if same-sex marriage law becomes legislation. Well, more and more the consequences are coming to light and what's happening in other countries like the United States or the UK, Canada and New Zealand are setting off alarm bells. Let's get some insights today from one of Australia's brightest legal minds. Dr. Augusto Zimmerman is Director of Postgraduate Research and former Associate Dean of Research at Murdoch Law School. He's also Professor of Law Adjunct at the University of Notre Dame Australia Sydney campus and a former member of the Law Reform Commission of Western Australia. Augusto Zimmerman, welcome along to 2020. Thank you very much, Neil. It's a pleasure to be with you again. Augusto, of recent times you've been called upon by denominational churches uh, for legal opinion about how the consequences of changing the law might affect churches in Australia. Uh, What sort of things have you been able to pinpoint as real worries? Well, uh, as you know, the Federal Attorney General and five Liberal MPs have uh, worked on a same-sex marriage bill which uh, supposedly protects religious freedom. So I have been consulted by uh, some churches, especially one in particular in Queensland, the Churches of Christ, to see whether there could be any consequence to changing the definition of marriage, particularly in terms of its implications uh, for religious freedom. And what sort of things did you identify as the biggest things that are at risk? Well, contrary to what these uh, politicians argue, uh, the main point is that this legalization of same-sex marriage might cause uh, an imminent, if I can say, challenge to free speech and uh, freedom of religion. Even if you are placed under what we could call the exemptions uh, so that um, uh, religious uh, organizations can have the freedom to decide whether or not they should celebrate a particular marriage, they would still fall into the uh, anti-discrimination laws. And if they, for instance, uh, at the course of rejecting or not uh, willing to celebrate uh, this kind of uh, ceremony, they would probably be uh, facing the consequences of um, anti-discrimination law, uh, reaching the point of uh, telling us that uh, discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation is um, is grounds for a lawsuit, a successful lawsuit. Another thing is that these exemptions are not necessarily guaranteed in the future, because once you are placed under this uh, sort of uh, rule, it's very easy for, um, in the future, the rule to be repealed. What happened, for instance, in Canada and even in Sweden now, is that these exemptions are being uh, removed so that uh, the churches are, from now on, are going to be forced to marry people who are not even professing their own faith. Augusto, you had an article published just recently in Quadrant magazine, and you entitled that article, Gay Marriage 
after the honeymoon. In other words, if the law changes, things might look rosy at the start, but what you're indicating is uh, that in the experience in these other countries, the law very quickly changes because community attitudes adjust to the new laws. Absolutely. You see, for instance, that once um, same-sex marriage is uh, legalized, it's uh, a moral issue that becomes sometimes... uh, uh, I would say, um, blended with the legal ones. And um, the law tends to teach us moral values. And and once you have uh, something, an activity, or any practice being accepted by the law, it uh, becomes almost uh, morally acceptable. And uh, anybody who uh, opposes the idea of same-sex marriage will face uh, persecution on the grounds of anti-discrimination. For instance, the Australian Labour Party uh, in 2012 produced a, a dissenting Senate report on same-sex marriage bill, and it was saying that such assurances to churches are actually um, not very strong, and they are actually tactical in nature, because um, as they pointed out, even in Denmark, uh, legislation was passed compelling the church to officiate these ceremonies, and that would happen uh, as soon as same-sex marriage is legalized or after the legalization of same-sex marriage. Even if you have the protections right now in place uh, so that churches can still uh, decide on what kind of um, uh, uh, marriage uh, um, arrangement can be can be celebrated by this church. The, there is no further condition or guarantee that these uh, provisions in the future might not get repealed by the same parliament that enacted the same-sex marriage legislation. You have turned your attention to researching some of the evidences that have come to light overseas. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the Canadian experience? Because they've had same-sex marriage laws for now more than 10 years. Uh, are these things that you're talking about happening in Canada today? Well, in Canada, anybody who rejects same-sex marriage will be charged of anti-homosexual, so-called anti-homosexual bigotry. And uh, to give a a, a more precise uh, idea of what's happening, in October last year, the Canadian Senate has uh, passed passed a bill uh, by a substantial majority of votes, uh, adding prohibitions against any sort of discrimination on the basis of gender identity and orientation. And that is uh, an addition to the Canadian Human Rights Act. As a result of that, Anybody who um, expressed disapproval of this uh, sort of arrangement or supports the idea of traditional marriage can face the full force of the law and can have to uh, actually be forced, might have to be forced to go or might be forced to go to the Human Rights Commission in Canada. So a complaint can be made to this Human Rights Commission and this person have to be um, defending him or herself uh, before this commission. The point is that before I continue, because before I, uh, we change the topic, one thing I have to say is that these uh, courts uh, or commissions are uh, 
uh, quite expensive as well. And if they, if they no, do not solve the matter by means of mediation, this matter might have to go to a normal uh, tribunal or court, and the person who is facing the accusation will probably have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars. So we have also the, the, the chilling effect and the costs of litigation inflict, that are inflicted upon this person. So even if you're found to, if you're found to be innocent, who is going to pay the costs? It's actually being yourself. So it's um, another problem that uh, people can actually end up in total bankruptcy as a result of having to defend themselves, even sometimes uh, from false accusations. And when you say when the honeymoon is over, uh, mm. the attitudes of judges and magistrates adjust to the new laws and really to stand for things like traditional marriage between one man and one woman uh, doesn't stand up in court at all any longer. No, and another thing is that then you have the clash of um, different uh, provisions. Uh, judges, you then have to identify a balance between uh, the exemptions and the behavior that is a called disc uh, producing discrimination. So in the end of the day, this is going to cause judges to have considerable uh, power in their hands, and they can actually use that for the purposes of promoting or advancing a particular agenda. And these sort of provisions, especially when they are based on subjective feelings, are very hard for you to be able to... Uh, fi to find your own innocence because it's about what other people feel in regards to what you have uh, stated. So, for instance, even if you actually made uh, a decent and reasonable uh, comment, if the other person on the other side is not as reasonable as yourself and feels so easily uh, affected by uh, different opinions, uh, this person, who happens to be, in this case, the real the really intolerant one, will be using the legislation to silence your opinion. So what I have said in some of my papers, I have written about this, is that um, the more intolerant you are, the more uh, unreasonable you might be, the more you be, be, might be able to actually make use of this legislation if the, the criterion is, uh, is based on uh, object, subjective feelings and not objective standards. Dr. Augusto Zimmerman is our guest. He's Director of Postgraduate Research and former Associate Dean of Research at Murdoch Law School. We're back with more in just a short while. Taking a little time to unpack some legal opinion on what's ahead if the laws on marriage change. Dr. Augusto Zimmerman is our guest. He's Director of Postgraduate Research and former Associate Dean at Murdoch Law School. Uh, when we talk about the ramifications, the consequences of what might happen if the law changes, Augusto Zimmerman, uh, there will be some provisions that will pr protect church leaders, but what about ordinary people who sit in the church on a Sunday and hold to Christian belief? If they're in business, they're in trouble, aren't they, if the law changes? They are certainly be in trouble, and it's already happening here. Uh, if you think about what happened with that medical doctor in Toowoomba, for instance, uh, I think it was in 2011, he was brought to appear, he was forced to appear before a commission. And 
that, that was because it had to respond a complaint uh, filed by a, a serial litigator from another state, even. Um, and he, uh, this serial litigator, claimed that uh, doctor, the doctor in, in Queensland, I think his name is Van Gant, was um, uh, making comments that were not uh, acceptable to the homosexual community. So the fact is that uh, he was making a statement with regards to this issue was considered to be an instance of um, discrimination. Another remarkable thing is that uh, this person doesn't even leave the person who filed this lawsuit in the same state as this medical doctor. And this law actually has, uh, therefore, uh, interstate uh, effect. So if the law was uh, enacted by the New South Wales Parliament, but it can reach any person uh, in any state in Australia. For instance, we had the same law being applied against a woman who was a candidate, a lady who was a candidate in Victoria, who basically said that he, she thought, according to her Christian beliefs, that uh, uh, same-sex marriage is, is, was, uh, is, is wrong. And because she expressed this opinion as a candidate, she was brought to the courts in New South Wales, and she was not present at the hearing, and she was condemned by this court to pay a, a huge fine and to apologize to this person who um, filed this application. It's very uh, dangerous uh, development, and uh, what I believe is that once same-sex marriage is introduced, this sort of instances will certainly be aggravated. It's certainly going to be the case that any sort of comment regarding this matter can be uh, seen as uh, an instance of, anti of discrimination and the law can be used against the person who uh, makes this statement. What you're suggesting is that there'll be a massive reorientation of public life and law mm. and the reorientation will happen through the courts. It's the courts that will be used to force the change. That is what's happening in other jurisdictions. Think about the United States, for instance. Like, uh, It's not even that we had a democratic, democratic decision being uh, made in terms of legalizing same-sex marriage. The judicial elite imposed the legalization of same-sex marriage. It was an undemocratic decision. However, the federal administration, especially under Obama, uh, handed down many regulations that are now currently requiring any contracting entities to uh, abide to absolutely uh, or absolute non-discrimination on this basis of um, sexual orientation, gender identity. So a number, a number of states, even at, even at local level, are now uh, prohibiting the engagement or participation of any organization that refuses to be committed to uh, the same-sex uh, agenda. And... Um, even charitable organizations are now being forced to stop their activities. So it's remarkable what's happening at the present moment in the United States and ever since same-sex marriage was legalized. Another issue out of Canada where there's the idea that freedom to assemble and speak freely about a man-woman marriage 
family and sexuality are being restricted and activists often sit in on religious assemblies, church services, listening for anything that could be discriminatory. Is that the sort of expectation that you might have if the law changed in Australia? I think so, because as you know, the same-sex marriage lobby here is is already using anti-discrimination laws to prevent any dissenting. So what what we uh, most expect is that the expression of views that are uh, uh, not in accordance with the um, opinion of this lobby will have will face the full force of the law. One thing that's very interesting is that uh, it seems that these laws are not applied uh, when this uh, side of the debate actually acts in a way that's rather uh, questionable. You think about, for instance, what happened recently in an university, I think not University of Sydney, where students were holding a peaceful meeting just to explain their, their position that they favor uh, traditional marriage. They were faced with um, attacks. They were um, uh, physically abused. The police didn't lay any charge against these abusers, quite the contrary. And that makes me suspect that the law is not being enforced on people who support a more violent position if they happen to support same-sex marriage. Certainly, like if the uh, people who oppose same-sex marriage behaved in such a manner, they would certainly have to face the full force of the law. Augusto, the Prime Minister has come out and said that he actually uh, supports freedom of religion more than he supports uh, same-sex marriage. Is it possible to have freedom of religion and same-sex marriage, or are they completely incompatible? I think you have to understand the trend, and even if we think that these exemptions would help, they might not be useful in the future because the law... When you have you are under the when you are under the exemptions, you are not entirely safe in the long term, because the exemptions that can be easily uh, repealed. See, for instance, what happened in Ireland recently, where all these promises that the law would guarantee religious freedom, now these uh, laws have been uh, changed, and the churches are now uh, forced to somehow accept and embrace the. Uh, uh, same-sex um, marriage uh, idea and the homosexual lifestyle. lifestyle. So uh, what I have to say is that these exemptions are no guarantee in the long term. Another thing is that now he says these things, the, 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 the uh, Prime Minister and the Attorney General even, that they uh, uh, consider religious freedom uh, important and th- that they are concerned about the erosion of religious freedom. But I just wonder why they didn't prepare a bill before they um, uh, introduced this uh, uh, postal survey. Uh, we are now asked by the prime minister to vote on something that's basically giving a political elite a blank uh, check whereby they can actually do whatever they want once this um, outcome is uh, is uh, delivered. So we don't know whether they will be uh, really able to provide the guarantees that we need. And wh- why, I ask, they haven't done this before. Wh- what are they waiting for in order to guarantee or to afford these protections? I really don't understand it. 
it seems that they are now under pressure, and that's why they decided to uh, explain that they somehow now favor religious freedom. That's not what they were saying before. No. Uh, Dr. Augusto Zimmerman, our guest, and I'll point listeners to an article published in Quadrant magazine. You can simply Google Quadrant. The article is called Gay Marriage After the Honeymoon, and the author of that article, Dr. Augusto Zimmerman, who is Director of Postgraduate Research and former Associate Dean of Research at Murdoch Law School. Dr. Zimmerman is also Professor of Law Adjunct at the University of Notre Dame, Australia, the Sydney campus a former Law Reform Commissioner in Western Australia and President of the West Australian Legal Theory Association. Augusto Zimmerman, thanks so much for taking some time to talk to us today on 2020. Thank you very much, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.